Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, leader of The Heart. I want to welcome you to The Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. Uh, For today's message, I want to ask you a question. What, or sorry, how do you respond when God doesn't do what's expected? How do you respond, whether, how do you respond in your faith or your emotions or in your prayers or your lack of prayer when God doesn't do what you expect him to do? When it comes to expectations, I have a lot of expectations for a lot of people in my life. I have expectations of God. Some of them are fair. Some of them are unfair. I have expectations for my relationship with my wife and my son. Some of them are fair. Some of them are unfair. And rarely, oh so rarely, do I express those expectations to anyone. (laughs) I'm one of those people, and you don't have to raise your hand for this, but I'm one of those people who, if you knew me well enough, you would know what I want. Is anyone else walking around their house that way? If you knew, if you cared, if you even paid attention, you would know what I would want from you. I think in my worst times and my unhealthiest times, these are the expectations I'm bringing to people in my life. If you knew, then you would just do it. And see, and that gets me in trouble, and maybe you're like me a little bit there, that gets me in trouble when it comes to faith, because I've been told for a lot of my life, God does know what you need. God does know what you want. God does know what you expect. God knows the inner parts of you. And for me personally, that's not a scary thing to me, but sometimes when it comes to my faith, when it comes to prayer, I'm like, well, if God knows then why isn't he doing anything about it? If God knows what I have ahead of me, what I want to do, what I'm expecting in my my marriage or, or at work or in my faith or in these prayers I'm bringing to him, if he knows, then why isn't he doing what I expect of him? And what can be incredibly frustrating or sometimes frustrating is you don't always get a clear answer from God. There are some people, and we read about some of them in the Bible, who would talk to God and he would talk back. And I thought, what I would give to have one conversation with God, but I would probably waste, you know, waste it and ask him something silly. You know? Like when Bo Jackson was playing baseball and football, how did he keep himself healthy? These are the things I think about asking God when I get to heaven. I'll get to, God, I'll get to heaven and say, all right, God, Jordan or LeBron, let's go. I need to know. And God would probably be like, well. They're both really good, but if you grow up in the 80s, you would know. (laughs) What happens when God doesn't do what's expected? So if you haven't been keeping up, or it's the first time with this series, what we've been doing is we've been watching a a Netflix original series uh, on Netflix called Messiah. And in this series, what we see is someone who comes to comes to the forefront, comes to the stage, the world stage, and calls himself and is called El Messiah, or, uh, or Messiah, the Messiah. And it's very much meant to look like he's the second coming or this Jesus-type character, and he says some pretty controversial things. And over the past couple of weeks, we've talked about how different people, who they interact with him in different ways, and they have different, different ways of looking at him, and their perspective changes the way they, how they interact with him. And then last week we talked about how in this series he, he's talking about things and he talks about the truth that he's bringing and that shakes some people up. 
And so what I want to do today is if you haven't watched the series, you got to get into it. It's not, it's not long. It's only, you know, 10 episodes, which in today's time, that's a weekend, you know. Used to, used to take you 10 weeks, you know, a month and a half, two months to watch a show. Now you can get it done by the end of the afternoon. So today I, I want to talk about there's, there's a part in, in this series, in this show, where he does a few things that people don't expect him to do. There's a particular part, and this is going to be a spoiler alert if you haven't seen the show, where he's in this town, and in this town there was this huge storm that came through, and he was there in the storm, and and, and the storm ripped apart the whole town. It's this small town in Texas. It ripped apart the whole town except for one building, and that building was the church, the local church there. And so he's in this town, and people are flocking to this town. Can you imagine, you know, you, you, hear, you hear stories about this, about this person who could be the Messiah, who's, you know, doing these miracles, and this one church building survived in this town, so people are going there to see him, and they're bringing, you know, they're sick, and if I can just talk to him, if he can just come talk to us, maybe we can be healed, and so there's this part where there's this family looking for their dog and, and you know, and all the rubble in the storm. And, and they, go, they go up to, they find the dog, they hear the dog whimpering. And so they're like, you know, he's stuck under some, some, uh, some debris and he's whimpering. And they try, to, they try to, to get him and he snaps at them because he's hurt, you know, the dog. And so this Messiah character walks up, he gets a rifle, and he shoots the dog. And I was thinking, that is not what I would expect <laughs> this person to do. That is not what I would expect someone from God to do. And the little kid, he's crying, the little kid who just watched his dog get shot by the Messiah. He says, you were supposed to save him. And the Messiah character says, no, I wasn't, and walks off. And that really got me thinking, because whether you agree or not, see, that, that's the thing about this show. And even, even when you're here, you don't feel like you need to agree with anything I say. Many of you don't agree with a lot of what I say. Hey, we're not here to agree with each other. We're here to help each other grow in our faith. That's what I, that's what I hope for you. That's what I want for you, is to be able to grow in your faith. And the way that we can grow many times comes from questioning what we believe, questioning what we have to say to each other. And in this part of the show, I thought, well, that is, that is very thought-provoking because that is not what I would expect a Jesus-type character to do. So what about, what about some parts in the Bible where Jesus does something that is unexpected? And see, this doesn't show up just in faith. What about this? And this happens quite a bit. I like to make people laugh, and so I'll go up to Corbin, my son, and I'll say something that I think is going to make him laugh, and it doesn't make him laugh. And he gets a little bit upset at me for making that joke, and then walks away, and then we don't talk to each other for a couple of hours. This has happened before. And I'm like, what's your problem? I'm just trying to be, I'm, you know, I'm the enemy, right? I'm the bad guy for making a joke, or whatever it is. Or how about a conversation I had? with my wife and I think we're just having a, a conversation and I say something that I didn't know would get a response out of her and she gets upset with me. And I'm not saying my family's always upset with me. These are just examples. <laughs> I upset people a lot. It's one, of my, it's, one of my, it's one of my skills, really. I've been honing it for 40 plus years. 
Or what about when I have an expectation of I'm around the house and, and I need some help with something, and I ask for help, and that help isn't given right away, or it's not the, the answer that I get is not the one I was expecting, and it throws me off. So it's not just in faith that when our expectations aren't met, it can mess with our relationships. It can mess with our thought processes. So what do we do? What do we do when God or the people around us, when God doesn't do what we expect him to do? So I want to read a, uh, a verse today. This is uh, a verse out of the book of Luke. And if you don't know a lot uh, about the Bible, it's no worries. Luke is a... It's one of the four Gospels, okay, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and these are accounts of Jesus uh, uh, on earth and when he was doing his ministry and and talking to his disciples and and teaching and training people and healing people and walking on water and all that kind of stuff. These are where you're going to find those stories where Jesus did a lot of his teaching. We'll find them in the four Gospels. In this particular part of the book of Luke, Jesus is, he's healing people. He, He just had healed someone. And then I want to read, before we jump into verse 5, or I'm sorry, chapter 5, verse 22 through 25, I kind of want to set you up with this story. So there's this, people are starting to hear, just like in the show, in the TV show Messiah on Netflix, people are starting to hear about this person, Jesus, who is healing people, who's doing these amazing things. So religious people start coming from around the area to come and see this man, to come hear what he has to say. And so he's at this particular house, and if you can imagine, a bunch of people are, are, are crowding in, and they want to just, what does this guy have to say? What is, what is he thinking? What is his thought process? How does he know so much about God? What authority does he have to say so much about what God thinks, what God wants? And so they're crowded in close. And on the TV show Messiah, there's this woman who brings her daughter. Her daughter has cancer, taken new, new chemo and all of that. And she takes her away from that so she can just put her daughter in front of this Messiah character. And just like that, I, I want to read. This is Luke chapter 5, verses 22 through 25. Watch this. So these guys, they think, we're going to show up. We have a friend who's sick. And we're going to bring our friend, if we can just get our friend in front of Jesus. I know Jesus can do something. Maybe you've thought that before. If I can just get Jesus to hear this prayer. If I can just get God to listen to this one thing that I need. I know if God heard what I needed, if he really knew what my expectations were for this particular situation. Maybe you're trying to have a baby. Maybe you're trying to save your marriage. Maybe you need need a job or you, you need to move and you're making a tough decision and you think, if I can just get God to listen to this one thing that I know I'll be able to understand what I need to do next. And that's what these guys thought. So they, they brought their friend up and Jesus sees Well, there's there's no room. So what they did is they cut a hole in the roof of this house. Can you imagine? Are you insurance agents in the room? Where's Eric? Man, that man, you're in trouble. They cut a hole in the roof, and farmers, you know, farmers, uh, insurance agents everywhere, you know, they're. They cut a hole in the roof and they lower their friend. Can you imagine this? They lower their friend, this paraplegic friend, lower him into the house to get him in front of Jesus. Can you imagine? 
having the ingenuity, the faith, the boldness to say, I, this, I need my friend to get in front of Jesus. I'm just going to drop him in. So they drop him in. I mean, not drop. I mean, they lower him in. They lower him in. And Jesus, what does he say? Does anybody know? I'll tell you. He says, your sins are forgiven. And people are like, what? We didn't, we did, did, we, did we lower our friend in so you could forgive his sins? And all the religious people in the room, they're freaking out like, whoa, 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 man. I appreciate all the really cool thing, things you're saying about faith and about a different way to approach God, but you don't have the authority to forgive sins. That is on God to forgive sins, not you. And watch what he says. Now we're going to get into the verse, finally, for once. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, he said to them, why do you argue in your hearts over what I do and think that is blasphemy for me to say that sins are forgiven? Let me ask you this. Which is easier to prove? When I say your sins are forgiven or when I say stand up, carry your stretcher, and walk? Jesus turned to the paraplegic man and said, to prove you all that I, to prove to you all that I, the Son of Man, have the lawful authority on earth to forgive sins, I say to you now, stand up, carry your stretcher, go on home, for you are healed. In an instant, the man rose right before their eyes. He stood, picked up his stretcher, and went home, giving God all the glory with every step he took. Now, I want us to look at this story, not from the perspective, because this is a great story to talk about and to hear for someone who is in need of healing. In fact, about 12, 13 years ago, I had some stuff going on with my body, some, some, some health issues, and this is one of the verses I would read over and over and over again, like, wow, this guy had faith, his friends had faith for him, I have friends around me that have faith for me, I'm just going to keep praying and Jesus will heal me. It's a great story that ends with success in healing. But what about everybody there who was like, yeah, this guy can walk and that's cool, but what did you just say? See, we look at this story from a perspective of, wait, what's the problem? Jesus is healing people. We want Jesus to heal people. And so we have this, we have this reverse look at this and say, man, this is a great thing that happened. But all these people are seeing this man who declares to have the authority of God. And we can look back now, and may, maybe a lot of us in this room can agree, yeah, Jesus did have the authority of God. But in the moment, this is hard for these people to deal with. If we're them, we're thinking, it's cool that you can make somebody walk, but maybe that was someone who already could walk, and you brought him here to put on a show so that we would believe you. But... Just because this guy's walking doesn't mean you can say all of these things about God because how do we know that you have the authority? Everyone else in this room, Jesus is acting how they would not expect someone from God to act. There are some unmet expectations. And what is their response? Well, the spoiler alert is the, of the Bible is their response is to kill this guy because he's big trouble. And they do. They succeed. But he comes back. That's a major spoiler alert. He does come back. So how do you respond when God doesn't do what's expected? I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. When we only look for the expected, 
we limit what God can do. When we're only looking for specific answers to our prayers, when we're only looking at God to do certain things that we need or certain things that we have asked him to do, if we're only looking for those things, then we are limiting what God can do. And maybe you're saying you you can't limit what God can do, but you can sure limit what you can see God doing. If you're only looking for God to help you get a raise in your current job, and there are some other opportunities for another job, you won't see those. You won't see those as answers to prayers because you're only looking for one expected answer. So if you only look for the expected, you limit what God can do. And see, I feel for these guys. I feel for these guys here. Maybe it's not a popular opinion to to have a heart for the Pharisees and the Sadducees the old-school religious people of the Bible. It's not a very popular opinion to be like, man, I really get where these guys were coming from, but I do. (laughs) Maybe you do too. If you have any particular views in your life, whether they're about your marriage or parenting or your job or whatever it is, if you have any views, anything in your life where you say, how it used to be is better than how it is now. Is there anything in your life that you think about things that way? How it used to be. Why can't they make refrigerators like they used to? Right? Refrigerators used to last forever. And now we know they can. They just don't because they need you to keep buying refrigerators. Do you see what I'm saying? I'm not trying to get into a whole thing here. They want you to keep buying them. Write your senator. That's not, I'm not here to talk about that. If you think any part of your life, you think how it was is better than how it used to be, then you think maybe a little bit like these guys who think, yeah, this is really cool and interesting, and Jesus is really hip, and he's saying a lot of cool things, and he's flipping over tables in the, in the church, and he's getting mad at religious people, and he's doing these things, and He's really riling people up and telling people that they can have direct, direct access to the Father. And, and everyone else is like, that is not how we have done things. And this new way of doing things, I don't know if I like it so much. Because the way we used to do it is a lot better than how we're doing it now. And so what that means or what that looks like is that our perspective Check this out. See if you're with me on this. And that's okay if you disagree. Our perspective is limited by our history. God's perspective is limited by nothing. Our perspective is limited by our history. Think about it. How else could you think if you're not think if you're not connected to what was? Your perspective is limited by your history, by what you have learned, what you have seen the groups that you've been a part of, the churches you have gone to in the past, the people that you've known in the past. Your perspective is limited by that. Well, how do you change your perspective? How do you change your expectation of what God God can do, will do, won't do? The way to do that is to stretch your faith. Logic, logic waits for an expected response. But faith 
expects God. Not expects God to do something. Not expects God to say something. Faith expects and waits patiently for God. And that's not easy. And I wish I could give you some, some really easy handles to hold on to that. But really what it is, is waiting patiently in faith for God. Now, what does that look like? That looks like that when you pray for something and it doesn't come to pass, even if it doesn't, your faith is not shaken because your faith, if your faith is grounded in what God can and will do for you, then when he doesn't do it, you're gone. If my marriage was based in what I expect Amber to do, and if she doesn't do it, I'm gone, that's not a marriage. That's not a commitment. See, faith is a choice. And the reason I know that faith is a choice, and maybe this is just for me, so I'm not going to tell you your faith is a choice. The reason I know that faith is a choice for me is because even when God has not responded in ways I expected him to, I chose to continue to have faith. You could say, Dom, aren't there a lot of amazing things that God has done for you in your life? What about those things? Don't they help you keep faith? No, they don't. What helps me keep faith is choosing to have faith in God, even if he doesn't do what I expect. What keeps me married is I choose to be married. I choose to be patient. I choose to love even if my wife doesn't respond the way I expect her to. What keeps me being the friend that I want to be to the friends in my life is that even if they don't respond to me or whatever in the way I expect. I still choose. Now, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I do. Logically, we say, I'm expecting a response. And if that response doesn't come, there will be consequences. There will be actions. But faith says, I'm going to expect God to do something in my life. And if that doesn't look like the way I think, then you have a choice. I have a choice. Then you are at a crossroads and you say, do I choose to have faith even if God doesn't show up the way I expect? I'm praying for healing for a family of mine. And do you choose to have faith even if they are not healed. Can we have faith even if God doesn't do what we expect? I think the simple answer is yes, and especially in this setting or church on a Sunday, we're feeling about as spiritual as we've ever felt all week long. We think, yeah, yeah, I definitely want to have faith even if, even if God doesn't show up the way I want, the way I need, the way I expect. But it's in the mess. It's in the grime. It's in. It's when you're told that there's not much hope. It's when you apply for seven jobs and none of them even call you for an interview. It's in a marriage when you have the same fight over and over and over again. 
It's in parenting when you feel like you're trying to be as patient as you can with your kid. But they're just not, they're not seeing you as patient. They're seeing you as controlling. They're seeing you as frustrating. And it's those times, that's when we have the chance to really lean in to faith. That's when we have the chance to really choose to be faithful. Even if, even if things don't turn out the way we want. If you could, I want you to close your eyes for a moment and bow your heads. I want to pray for us this morning. God, I pray that we would be able to today, this week, that we would be able to choose faith even if things don't turn out the way we want. God, when you don't respond the way that we expect, I pray that we would have the courage to still have faith. Even when the people around us don't respond the way we expect, I pray that we would choose patience, choose love, choose to grow our faith. I pray that we would walk out of here today with an opportunity to grow faith. We love you and we pray that in your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, we like to say you don't have to go to church here to go to church here. That means you are already part of the community just by listening to the message today. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who may benefit from it. We would love to be a part of your journey of faith. Please visit us online at www.theheart.church forward slash next to see what your next step may be. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we would like to invite you to visit us in person this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at Evo Springtown. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how your relationships grow and how your faith grows.